Today's show is brought to you by Boomerang the Series. BET brings a young, gifted, and unapologetically black cast that is a lot like you. Original Dramedy premieres Tuesday, February 12th at 10, 9 central, only on BET. This is Let Your Voice Be Heard, right here on WHCR 90.3 FM, the voice of Harlem. He does not speak English. Ooh. He speaks Great Britain. Okay. That, that's English, man. Oh. You, you realize that English, England, you know those things? They go together. Oh. You ever hear this thing called colonialism? Major key. So he speaks He speaks like the old school white. Like you know, He speaks like, like the... Colonialism, ori- slavery. Original converse white. You know, like. imperialism, all those things. The original English. Sorry, I, don't, I never watch Friends. I don't know those words. <laughs> <laughs> all right, guys. Welcome back to Let Your Voice Be Heard on 90.3 FM WHC, or the voice of Harlem with Shaken Facebook Live by Miss You Beloveds. And of course, whoever's listening on a podcast, I appreciate you even more. My name is Stanley Fritz. You can always find me in the streets, but mostly the social media streets. Twitter, Stan Fritz. IG, Stan Fritz. Facebook, Stanley Goodhair Fritz. I've really got to change that Goodhair part out or explain why it's there. And of course, on Snapchat, I'll take a picture with the filters, then download it and never use Snapchat again because I respect Rihanna (laughs) all day. Who else is here? Good morning, everyone, and welcome to Let Your Voice Be Heard right here on WHCR 90.3 FM, the voice of Harlem. I said that already. Okay. Did you? (laughs) Yeah. Dag. I was too busy, like, (laughs) sharing the live show on our Facebook. Mm. Whatever. Um, So happy Sunday, everyone. You didn't say that part. Maybe I did. You didn't. Um, (laughs) My name is Selena Hill on Instagram and Twitter. You can find me at Miss Selena Hill. Super excited to be here. Stanley, please, can we run back a lot? No, no, no. We can't play the second verse? A lot. (laughs) We probably can. Um, We have a great show lined up. We're going to be talking about everything from the free 21 Savage campaign to black immigration and how black immigrants are have always been targeted here in the U.S., and we're, we haven't been paying that much attention to it. Uh, I say that collectively, uh, but, you know, we're going to talk in depth about that here and Let Your Voice Be Heard. There's a lot going on. There White is. people just dressing up in blackface. We're going to talk about what that, too. It, guys? I'm confused. <laughs> is it like... Oh, wait, wait, wait. That's right. Racism never went away. My was bad. there like a white, like, all body meeting where, like, they mapped out a calendar of when they were going to be trash and they said, February, we really got to show up strong? I mean, oh, yeah. And, like, it's Democrats, too. It's really disappointing. Anyways, we get into that during the news roundup. Um, but in the meantime, my name's Alyssa Fuchs. I am your political and legal correspondent. You can find me on Facebook at facebook.com slash Alyssa Fuchs. Uh, that's I L Y S S A F U C H S, if you're nasty. Um, and you can also find me on Instagram, Alyssa dot fuchs on twitter at Alyssa fuchs um and of course you can leave a comment on the politically preposterous fan page which is facebook.com slash politically preposterous but we would rather you leave a comment on facebook.com slash let your voice be heard mm. of course don't forget to call us at 212-650-6903 so we have a very special guest correspondent here that i did not forget about stanley um shout out to jackie cohen she couldn't be with us here today but we have Chriselle martinez yeah. all the way from down the block from she is a harlem activist artist and social critic Thank you so much. Thanks for having me. You may want to just get a little closer to the mic so they can hear your beautiful voice. Okay, I hear myself. How's it going? All is well. Thank you for having me. A calm 10-minute walk. So I appreciate (laughs) the closeness. But we're here. (laughs) Yes, we are here, guys. Like I said, we have a great show. Selena, you never said my voice was beautiful. I didn't. You're right. Don't be mad. You're right. I've never said your voice was beautiful. This is anti-black. You actually have a really good radio voice. (laughs) Thank you. Um, That's debatable. My white white queen. 
<laughs> yeah. white queen. That's cute. Thank That's you, Alyssa. Honestly, you. but I love you, Stanley. I love you too, beloved. Oh well, since there's so much love Racism in the air, is over. Black History Month. Is no, up. I wouldn't go that far. But yeah, guys, <laughs> if you do want to chime in, you can also tweet us at beheard underscore radio. Call us up again. The number is two one two. Six five zero six nine zero three zero three. Mm. So we're gonna go on a quick break, but when we come back again, we're talking free twenty one savage. He is still in detainment by ICE. We're talking white face because apparently white people. I mean black face because apparently white people still don't get it. This is let your voice be heard. My people, boomerang is coming Tuesday, February twelfth. It's lit for Black History Month, and you know what's gonna be on BET? Buffalo. How is it different from the film of the same name? Well, let's get into it. First off, it's a scripted half-hour dramedy. It's not a movie. Secondly, we're introduced to Graham Legacy. What Graham Legacy? Well, Simone Graham, the daughter of Marcus and Angela. She's a headstrong, gorgeous, uncompromising queen. Her colleague and guy bestie Bryson is the son of Jacqueline Boyer. Remember her? Shorty with the lingerie and trench coat? Yeah, that's what we're talking about. Bryson has a vision for making his mark in the business, but he has his eye on Simone as well. Listen, man, shoot your shot, King. Ari is an emerging director who walks on the wild side. David is a pastor who has yet to get over Crystal, Simone's best girlfriend. Tia is a firecracker of the crew, ready to break big with the help of Simone's marketing genius. You'll see some of your friends and a lot of yourself on screen. Well, I don't know about me, but you will. Boomerang, executive produced by Lena Raith and Halle Berry. Premieres Tuesday, February 12th at 10, 9 central on BET. Check out BET.com for show exclusives. Don't got it? Because I got empty pockets. Hey. Ariana Grande is making the music. We are back on Let Your Voice Be Heard on 90.3 FM WHCR, the voice of Harlem. This is Stanley Fritz. I'm here with Selena Hill with the hair curled up in the front because she's going to be a snack at the 12 p.m. <laughs> I but for am. now, she's just a lunchable. And then I got Alyssa Fuchsova here with the, I don't know what kind of texture shirt that is. But this I, is flannel. This, this is, is like hello. lesbian flannel. Yo, white, white, white people got the B-side flannel shirts. I've we never seen flannel. that at the store. <laughs> It's like and then the, the gayest flannel ever. Word. That's the it. Ellen sequel flannel. <laughs> <laughs> but anyways, we're also here with the Harlem mommy, Chriselle. Ooh, I'm a mommy now. Chriselle Ooh. Martinez. And oh. let me tell you something right now, Chriselle. You are a youth. You are filled with joy and love and happiness. And I got some songs right here that I'm going to play on this show to show you that you don't even know what's been happening in the music world, beloved, okay? She does not know. You see? She's going to learn, guys. But anyways, before we do that, it's time for the news roundup. Things that made you laugh, cry, curse, flip a table. Don't curse, guys. FCC rule. But things that made you feel things, we're going to talk about them today. And I'm going to throw it to Selena because I'm sure she has some news for us. Yeah, like the blackface scandals. I mean, there's so many. And there's also like a sexual assault scandal wrapped up in that too. Like, Alyssa, what's going on in Virginia? All right. So first, the governor got accused of wearing blackface in the yearbook. And then he was like, nah, that wasn't me. But then he was like, actually, maybe it was me. And then he was like, it wasn't me, but Michael Jackson, Moonwalk. Right, exactly. (laughs) And then he went back and forth, but it turns out it probably was him. So now people were pressuring him to resign, which would have meant that the first, uh, the lieutenant governor, who's a black guy, would have become the first black governor of Virginia. But then two chicks came out and they me too'd him and they were like, nah, (laughs) chill. He can't be the, the governor because he was like doing a sexual assault, allegedly. 
allegedly when we was in college. But that's still unresolved right now. But he was like, no, nah, I didn't do the sexual assault. So he was like, I deny those allegations. Then in the meantime, the third person who was supposed to be in charge, which is like the attorney general or something, he would have been like the, the next in line to be the governor. But then he wanted to get ahead of the fact that there was going to be allegations that came out against him. Ooh, so he was like, hey, guys, I might have dressed up in blackface as Curtis Blow with this one time during college. <laughs> so now the fourth person in charge who would then take over if these three people can't be governor would be a Republican, which would be really bad. So a lot of Democrats are like, nah, but we just won this election. We don't want there to be a Republican. So which of the, these three problematic people should we leave in charge? Because otherwise it's going to be a Republican and that's really going to actually hurt black people. And so that's where it gets really complicated. Well, that, so talk about it. That being said, Chris L., who do you think the governor of Virginia should step down? Do you think any of these people should step down? Or do you think, you know, this is something that happened decades ago and they've evolved on the issue? No, we need to hold people accountable to their own shit. Oh, excuse my language, mm-hmm. to their own stuff. Um, and I'm not sure. It comes to this point of like, which is a lesser of the devils of the evils right and we are constantly in our political climate we're constantly met with this same obligation of like which one is best but they all are criminals in some way if we've done something corrupt it's like which one do we pick and now we're worried about like republicans damaging or tarnishing the livelihood of black people it's a constant battle that we're always up against white people in leadership will always be bad for black people because white people benefit from racism and even when they're not racist they can and they will do something racist I'm not surprised about any of this this is what happens Um, and I think we have to make a decision about what we need to do moving forward and also the lieutenant governor we need to be like very like careful before we like push him into any leadership position and get to the bottom of all these accusations that are happening. But as far as blackface, mm-hmm. every single white person has or will say or do something racist mm-hmm. because racism is everything in the U.S. It's the air we breathe. It's the water we drink. Unless you're in Flint, then you're drinking lead. It is, it is like the Good conversations point. that we have. So everything is about racism, and you will eventually, because you are the person with privilege, show up in that racism one way or another. Now... What helps me decide whether I want to deal with you or not is how you react afterwards. Because you know what? A lot of that stuff is unconscious. And you have a chance to redeem yourself and try to do better and move to like improve every single day. The same way that I try to do when dealing with patriarchy and sexism. Are you going to do that or are you going to pull a Ralph Northam? Mm. Well, you know, to, to your point, Stanley, and you made like a, a lot of great points there. Um Shoot, I just lost, lost my point. But I, mean, I, I think the question we have back. to... I, look, I agree with all that, and I think we should hold people accountable, and we should take allegations of sexual assault seriously as well. Uh, there also raises this question, in though, in, and I'm not saying there's a right answer to this, in this situation, is it better to have a problematic white person in charge um, that... For let's just say, right. putting aside the the governor who like may or may not have owned the allegations or not, and putting aside the lieutenant governor where the allegation is sexual assault, this third person who came out apologized, got ahead of it before a scandal could develop. Would you rather have him in charge or a Republican? Right, and you know, and I just remember my point. Great question, Alyssa. Honestly, I'm a little conflicted with that. I don't want Repu- like Republicans on a general basis have been even more blatant about being problematic and racist. I feel like Democrats are at least a little more empathetic and will apologize and try to right their wrongs. I will say with the co- uh, the governor in uh, Virginia's case, he has vowed to tackle racism and race-related issues even more headstrong, so he's putting that at, at, at the forefront. Um, but yeah, I like mean, How do you tackle it? What does that look like? It's a whole national like, from years. Like, What do you do in one just one 
state. Yeah, we're going to tackle people. it. Yeah, that's like white people shit to say. It's like, no, come on. Sorry. <laughs> no, sorry, no, sorry. no, to, to your Excuse point. To, to your point, exactly. Um, it, it, it's, it's a big one. It's a definitely a big issue. It's something that we need to... I feel like I'm tackling because even a lot of Democratic Democrats and a lot of people of color in Virginia, they supported that governor up until today. And they feel very conflicted just as I do. And to Stanley's point, white supremacy is deeply embedded in the fabric of this country. At one point, wearing and walking around wearing blackface was not a big deal. Saying the N-word for white people did not have consequences, right? It had no consequences. So it's like they did grow up in that type of environment, and now we all know better, and I feel like more white people know better, but it's like, should we give them space to evolve? Yeah, out of power. See, the thing, the <laughs> thing about it, Alyssa gave asked a good question, like, would you rather have a problematic white person? That's always a choice for black right. people. Right, they're always problematic yeah, yeah. in some subtle way, unfortunately, even the most greatest of allies. I'm sorry, you all have subtle tendencies of entitlement. No offense. Man, yeah, no. no as a non-white man, I'm fine. <laughs> Um, yeah. yeah. So the Grammys are tonight. Yes. Oh, the really? Grammy stand. Oh, my God. And Alicia Keys is hosting them. Woo! Okay, she's I'm the only one. funny. What? Well, she's no. I'm supposed to be funny. It's a music show. Yeah, Stanley. Oh, Alicia yeah, Keys, man. Yeah, like, I just support her because Wait, she's Alicia there's Keys. there's a woman of color that's from Harlem this that has been chosen to host the Grammys, and you're going to hate on her? Why I'm are you not, hating, Stanley? I'm not hating on her, but, like, don't they usually have comedians host it? Not the Grammys. Yeah, not the Grammys. Yeah, Chris Rock has hosted it, hosted it a bunch of times. All right, maybe. maybe. That was like, the Oscars. It doesn't have to be somebody funny. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Get it, Stanley. And look, the Oscars. Speaking of the Grammys. Call me on the BT Hip Hop Awards, and, okay? And, and, and music artists. Um, I, Cardi B's performing. Speaking of Cardi B, I don't know if you guys have been following the beef that her husband, Offset, has been having with Chris Brown. They oh. have come to blows. Yeah, so. Okay, you know, maybe Chris Brown will hit somebody that's not a woman this time. That's what Offset said. And that's why things have escalated. Hey. He literally was like, the only women, the only person that you like to go to bat with are women. So so Offset basically said, look, I walk it like I talk it. You want to run that, Chris Brown? And we're going to see what happens. And Chris Brown pub posted his address and said, come see me. Yeah, I, I, I got $100 on Offset on this one. <laughs> Not really, though. Not really. No. But I mean, like, 100 in theory. Chris, Chris Brown can do a front <laughs> flip without running. He's strong. I'm not trying to fight him. <laughs> if you can be standing here and just, woof, and just do a flip, no, I don't want those problems. But Offset is from the streets. Yeah, so he may. And he um, has Cardi B. You know, first of all, Cardi B is a real gangster. Like, if you have Cardi B in your corner, I think anybody who is going against you is going down. Oh, but it's so not like she's going to pull up and throw a shoe. Oh, wait, she did. <laughs> but, like, it's not like that may happen. Who knows? Like, Yeah, like, she got the blicky on her. Like, they're not going to. Well, you know what? Never mind. We hope that no one gets <laughs> shot or pistol whipped or beat up at all we, we, we don't condone any violence here at exactly. like voice we are radio but if it happens i hope it's like when soldier boy was arguing with that guy on facebook live and <laughs> they did a facetime on, on on ig live and started arguing with each other i hope chris brown and offset do that so I we can at least that. be entertained so um i'm gonna switch gears a little bit you yeah. hear about what happened at the supreme court this week <clears throat> it was really interesting is it messy um isn't it always that may not be a good term for this story um <laughs> <laughs> So anyways, there's this uh, this case out of Louisiana where um, Louisiana had this abortion law, which basically oh. would have closed down every single abortion clinic in the entire state. What else is new? Um, and there was a case out of Texas like uh, two years ago called Whole Women's Health. That was a very, very similar case. And the Supreme Court at the time when Anthony Kennedy was still on the court was like, nah, 
this law, even though it's not technically aimed at like closing all the abortion clinics, it would have that effect. And there was no medical reason why any of these things should go into effect. And so the court actually ruled in favor of the plaintiffs, the women, and they were like, no, these abortion clinics have to stay open. This law can't go into effect. And any law that creates an undue burden, they referred back to the Planned Parenthood versus Casey case from 1992. Um, we were going to strike that down. So then Louisiana was like, oh, we're going to make a very similar law. And then that went up on appeal. And the Fifth Circuit actually agreed with Louisiana and was like, oh, no, this law is okay." So then they filed a petition to the Supreme Court and they asked the Supreme Court, one, to hear the case, but two, to to grant a stay Uh, and the, you know, said that the law couldn't go into effect. And a lot of people thought that the Supreme Court was going to be like, no, we're going to let the law go into effect until we see here the case. But John Roberts, who's the chief justice, voted in with the liberals to actually grant the stay and say that this law can't go into effect until the Supreme Court has the chance to hear the case. Uh, But it's looking like another really important abortion case is going to go to the Supreme Court. And that's kind of scary because now we don't have Anthony Kennedy on the court anymore. So long story less long, a, a, an abortion case is going to the Supreme Court and there's a good chance that the rights to abortion on, on the U.S. level might be repealed because of it, because there are more conservatives on a Supreme Court now than there are um, liberals or even centrist judges. Um, the Trump administration is happy about that. I want to take one quick step back because Claudia Laurent did respond by Chris Brown and said fans did pull up to his house and he ordered them pizza and wings. Wow. That's better than ordering them blockets on Instagram and swings. Um, and I also want to shout out Darren Mack who started a watch party and he's watching the show with some friends like Shanika Charles. Thank you so much for watching it. I also had some news that I want to get to. But Alyssa, you had something else to add? Yeah, yeah, no. I was going to say we're getting another comment about the Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez thing. The, oh, that little yeah. let's play a game clip. Um, but I'll let you get to your story and then we can loop back around to No, that. that's way more important actually. Yeah. Uh, okay. So there was this really great clip that was going around the internet this week and it was Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez and she was questioning um, these people about what's legal and she was basically like so if I was a really bad guy and I wanted to take all these money from all these pharmaceutical companies and all these oil companies and all these big companies and then you know I basically wanted to write legislation that would help them out make money um, could I do that and everybody was like yeah you could do that and she was like wait but what happens if like I want to take money from them and write legislation for them but that I maybe also am be a shareholder and I might also be able to benefit from that law that I write. Can I do that? And then it was like, yeah, you could do that. It's totally legal. And then she asked about the rules that apply to the president of the United States. She got them to admit that the president's subject to even less rules. Mm. Um, so it was like, it just shows you how corrupt our politics is, like, and totally legal at that. But I love her so much because she was able to be so eloquent and effortless and blunt and just articulate about it. She did it on t- It was perfect. Everybody was watching her. For me, I was super <laughs> inspired. Bless you. I was super inspired by her. And I yeah. was like, this is the energy we need in Congress. Just like keep it real. So is AOC living up to the standards and expectations oh that God. you put on her? Purcell? More than anything. I idolize her. And that's like an extreme word for me to use. Mm. But I'm like, this is what I need to see as someone who's interested in this type of work. I'm like, yeah, this is the energy we need. And so I'm really. Is for Congress? I don't know. You don't know? Maybe? uh, As long as it's not Ruben Diaz. Oh. (laughs) That's a whole nother scandal this week. I'll say with AOC, I'm just really happy how she's incorporating social media and using that to give us, the constituents, insight and access to what's really going on i feel like before this a lot of us we either weren't paying attention Mm -hmm. or we like we knew it but now we're seeing it unfold right before our eyes oh so shout out to aoc a a, a millennial and a twitter god and gangster love her 
Kingston. Yeah. Uh, and she'll be at Chrissy Teigen's house watching the Grammys tonight. Yeah, I heard about that. Did she tweet that too? Yeah. Okay, I just want to be AOC now. I just want to be her. <laughs> I'm sorry, I love AOC, but Cardi B is still my number one star. Why we got to put them Ayo. against each other? It's <laughs> Ayo. 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 AOC and Cardi B. It's apples and oranges. You know what it is? Me and Cardi share an island, so I got I to gotta, I gotta stick with my Oh, Dominicans. is that the island where the fire Festival was held? No, it was not. Dominican <laughs> oh, Republican Haiti does not roll like that, okay? <laughs> Yo, did you see that documentary? I heard about it. It was Yeah, really I like started it. to watch a little bit of it, but I haven't finished it yet. There's two of them, one on Hulu, one on Netflix. Wa- watch the Netflix one, guys. <laughs> if you're on Facebook Live, I have one question for you, and I want to hear some answers. What would you do for some water? That's <laughs> <laughs> some water. It was even for some that. water, yo. Because the Fry Festival had a wild part on the Netflix one later on, where he was like, "Listen, you got to go over there, yeah, you know I mean, for this water," and he was gonna do it. Oh wow! <laughs> so it was really going down. Yeah. Okay. Apparently. Literally and figuratively. <laughs> Seriously. Uh, really quickly, I know we're going on a break, but uh, the the comments from Liam Nesson. Liam Neeson. Uh, Liam Neeson. Oh. Um, I don't know if you have like just oh, quick yeah. to just talk yeah. about how so he. So basically, oh. what happened was <laughs> white people were white people. Yes, basically, he admitted that after his cousin was raped by a black man, he wanted to use that to justify killing any black person, mm. any black man. He literally went out trying to start a fight, and he wanted to With kill a black person. I guess his special set of skills but was you, racism. But you know what? A lot of people in Hollywood, <laughs> including black black people, like what. Whoopi Goldberg they've been like defending him they're like look I know him personally he's not racist um you know that's how he felt 30 years ago and I'm just like nah yeah we've been over this if you say racist things you racist it's pretty simple it's It's like you can't say I don't like chicken but every time we go out to the restaurant you order chicken you like chicken (laughs) (laughs) right he he said like he said I want to hunt the blacks (laughs) (laughs) are you gonna say something about this Oh, man, no. I'm not going to waste my energy on that. Like, I mean, it is what that's it is. fair. Don't waste energy 2019. I have a no, special set of skills walking up to Hip Hop Con. He's lucky he didn't run into nobody because he would have seen Jay Sean. He would have got parked oh, real yeah. quick. He definitely would. So we're going to yeah. go to a break. But don't go anywhere, guys. When we come back, we're talking about 21 Savage, the deportation system here in the U.S., and how black immigrants have always been under attack. This is Let Your Voice Be Heard. 21 Savage, you can't say that all the guns you own have hollow tips in them because ICE will come. Ooh, they did, didn't they? <laughs> too soon, too soon. Oh, man. All right, guys. We are back on Let Your Voice Be Heard on 90.3 FM WHCR, the voice of Harlem. What's going on Facebook Live? What's going on Spotify? What's going on Spreaker, Stitcher, iTunes Podcast, SoundCloud, Bootleggers? What's going on? This is Stanley Fritz. I'm here with Alyssa Fuchs, Selena Hill, and Chriselle Martinez. And she's a Chriselle. boss. She's a boss. I'm trying to put more sauce in it, but it just sounds ridiculous. You need to put some it. extra sasson on that, Stanley. That's wild. <laughs> <laughs> Don't say that again. Don't okay, say it. I won't. <laughs> All right, guys. So um, <laughs> we're back on the show. Um. And we're here to talk about 21 Savage. So for those of you who don't know, rapper 21 Savage was due to attend the Grammy Award ceremony on Sunday. He today. Had been, word. That is today. He had been nominated for two awards, including Record of the Year for his Post Malone collaboration, Rockstar. And it was expected to be the crowning moment of a momentous year for the rapper in which he put out his second album, which is actually pretty good. And even old watch people like me could enjoy it. Um, and he also had a couple of really good features where he bodied the tracks like that Meek Mill track that I played. Meek Mill's album was really good, but one thing I noticed is all of his features had better verses than him. Mm. Obviously, Jay-Z and What's Free, because who's better than Jay-Z? Nobody. But there's a new artist named Melly. She killed her verse, too. But anyways, I digress. 
Instead of being fitted for a suit or even doing a sound test before the actual award show, the rapper, whose real name is Shea being Abraham Joseph, is currently in custody in the U.S., his manager, Stone Mountain Measy, says he's being held on lockdown 23 hours a day with no television <laughs> and minimal outside contact, and it seems unlikely he will be able to attend the ceremony. Abraham Joseph has lived in Atlanta since 2005, having arrived legally in the U.S. at the age of seven. He's considered a part of the city's rap royalty, along with Young Thug, Future, Migos, and 2 Chain. But, but on the morning of Super Bowl Sunday last weekend, protest at Super Bowl, protest at NFL, he was arrested by U.S. Immigration and Customs Enforcement, ICE, abolish ICE, and threatened with deportation because they said that he had overstayed his visa, which had expired, even though 21 Savage had applied for a new visa in 2017, even though this is a young man who has been incarcerated and been in trouble with the law, they never paid attention to him. All of a sudden, this became a problem. So now, this got everybody talking about, all of a sudden, not just 21 Savage, but also immigration in the U.S. and how it is impacting people. And one of the most profound tweets I saw the entire week about the conversation was, Someone tweeted, and she was being petty. You know, I like being petty. She said, everybody's always talking about how the Trump administration is going after Mexico and South America and Central America, which is true. But the group that is being attacked the most and suffering the, like some of the biggest consequences from Trump's immigration program are actually people from historically black countries. So now, we talked about why ICE was detained, but let's talk about like what this is actually looking like for the lives of people who are being deported. As you, many of you know, after the 2010 earthquake, Haitians were given temporary protected status, or as they say in Flatbush, Tipiesla, and <laughs> that allowed them to stay in the country because of where they were from was no longer sustainable to live in. A couple of other countries got that as well. And since Trump has come into office, he has tried to revoke that TPS status, potentially forcing over 700,000 Haitians to leave the country. But it goes even further than that. And before I start joining you guys and stats you just need to know that this is a serious issue so now folks i want to get you guys into the conversation because i think it's really important what i'd really love to hear first is your reactions where were you when you heard this what were you thinking let's start with selena actually um yeah so it was super bowl sunday and i think you know what it was on social media i know cardi b was uh very voice vocal about 21 savage uh being detained uh, a number of other people were speaking out wale like everyone was just talking about it and i was just like what what happened and then another thing i heard was a lot of people talking about just i guess the irony of when he got arrested mm -hmm. so it was literally like a week before he was detained he went on jimmy fallon uh, he had a national perform. He had a performance in front of a national audience, and he sung his song a lot, which talks about um, the border crisis. It talks about the mm -hmm. the Flint, the the lead crisis in Flint. It talked about so many social political issues, and I'm like, okay, wow. So then, a couple days later, he actually gets arrested. But on top of that, Twenty One Savage, who we know lived uh, in poverty in Atlanta, he actually was turning his life around. Right, so he grew up in poverty. He was affiliated with the uh, the Blood Gang, and he, you know, he has admitted and talked about doing some illegal activity. But it was like now in 2018, he launched a charity to give back to students uh, who to give back to students going back to school and on top of that he also launched another another charity to teach kids financial literacy so I'm like you know this black man who was finally empowering his community and the black community at large all of a sudden it's like all these eyes on him and now he's being detained when he's like really using his platform for something positive mm -hmm. so i'm not a conspiracy theorist but i just thought that it was a little sketchy yeah i mean look i, I obviously 
come from it from a different perspective as a lawyer. Um, you know, the, I found out when I was watching the Super Bowl, I actually got like a like a breaking news update. I think it was from the New York Times that told me that he had been detained. And my first thought was like, wait, what? Because I didn't even know that he wasn't an American. Like, I thought he was an American citizen. Um, and then when I started to look into it more, to me, really, the next thing was like, oh, OK, well, like it, the, my first thought was like, he's not really similarly situated to other people like TPS seekers coming from Haiti because like. Like he came from England and I know um, as having lived in England and, you know, thinking about whether or not there was a possibly way for me to stay there or go back there if I wanted to practice law there, that it's very hard for American citizens to be able to get permanent residency in England because America is a first world country. And it's the same way the other way around. Like if you're a British citizen, it can be very difficult to get immigration status in the United States unless like you work for a big company and they sponsor you and you get like a work visa and stuff like that. Um, so you know, and, and sometimes when you're a celebrity, you can also get status. So I was like, oh, OK, like putting aside all the other stuff about criminality and, you know, the detention, I was like, OK, well, that sort of makes sense. Maybe he couldn't get status here. And because he's a British citizen, he's not similarly situated. He's not coming from like, uh, you know, an impoverished country. And so they're like, all right, you got to go back to England. So like that was my first thought about it. Um, and we can get into a little more of the legality later on because, you know, I want to give Christelle opportunity to speak as well. What was your reaction, Chriselle, when you heard about this? So many thoughts. I'm trying to figure out the exact moment where I was. I think I was in a bus coming from Albany. I also wasn't really too shocked by the situation. Um, and I try not to allow myself to get really shocked by these situations. I think the irony is non-coincidental. It's very serendipitous, the timing of this all. Once a black man starts using his money to do something for our people, now it's like, oh, we're going to use the systems that we have in place against them to rule against their favor. And that's what happens. That's the truth of the situation. Unfortunately, it happens this way. And it's such a shocker to us. But I think these are the moments that we really need to stop and think, like, what's the beast that we're fighting? This is the beast that we're fighting. And it's huge and it's grandiose. And we have to really do the work to, like, have these critical conversations about it, which is really good. But also really think critically of all the factors that are at play here. Mm -hmm. Immigration is not a new topic. It's a hot topic topic and it's been this way for years you know what I mean we just choose to sensationalize one topic instead of the other um, I have many thoughts especially on the black immigrant piece um, and I think there's a deeper issue on a race and ethnicity level um, as someone who identifies as black and then also being now there's a divisive nature of like black immigrants. I'm like, wait, what? I thought there was immigrants broadly. But now we're going to like have a subset and say black immigrants. And now we're going to have all these black affiliated organizations working to help 21 Savage and his cause, which is great. Thank you. Mm -hmm. But what where were you when all the dogs needed help and like other immigrants or immigrants, oh. period? We're talking about this and fighting and are still fighting for this. And no one really showed up for us. That's so it's like, who's us? What's happening? Am I a part of this? Am I a black immigrant? Are my parents black? Wait, what's happening? Let, let's dig into that a little bit, actually. That's that's a, actually a really good question. Um, I, I'm going to I maybe be projecting some, but there's been this deeper argument just about, like, you know, identities recently in the last couple of months, particularly, I'll say black Twitter because that's just the easiest way to, like, compress the <laughs> conversation. Um, particularly, though, around, like, black Afro-Latino, Afro-Latinx, and those pieces over there. And then, like, whether, like, groups like the Black Alliance for Justice group, which is the one that did the research on um, black immigration in the U.S. and is the one that's helping to lead the fight for 21 Savage, whether they've been active when they've been, um, when Trump has been making noise about deporting or going after Central American or, or um, 
or Mexican children and families. Is that like where some of your frustration is coming from? Sure. And even like Middle Eastern groups, right? And yeah. even like China has a huge population of immigrants as well. And like, are they black? What, what do we define mm-hmm. as blackness? Now we're like putting a whole nother subset of identity of just like now these are black immigrants and they definitely are underrepresented. One out of five is, you know, say, having the same issues that immigrants broadly are dealing with. Selena, I want to get you back into this conversation. Go ahead. Yeah, no, and I think to Christelle's point, um, you know, I hear you and you're right. It shouldn't be divided because I, I think that the reason why people are amplifying the fact that he is a black immigrant, right? And he, he does identify, he has these multiple identities is the fact that when we think of immigration as a humanitarian crisis for a large part of Americans we only think of what's happening at Mexico and the US southern border when you have immigrants from all over the world coming here who you know who were brought here as children like 21 Savage mm-hmm. who are dreamers and who are now being targeted and sent back and the thing is a lot of times because we're only a lot of times we look at this as a, a Latino issue right a Latinx issue and that's ignorant to look at it like that because it doesn't matter If you're Latino, black, brown, if you're a person of color, and especially if you are immigrant, you have a target on your back. Just one point of clarification, you can be Latin and black. Absolutely. It's just like, you know. Absolutely. So, like, that's a a, a big important point. Um, I do want to, like, just slow us down just a little bit because, Alyssa, you brought out a point about, you know, the country he's coming from and, like, they may have actually, like, been the reason why he's been deported and, and we didn't get to ask the question of whether we thought it was racial profiling right so I, it, look this is interesting obviously like I said that was my initial reaction that was before I knew any other details then when I heard other background details about the fact that he had been speaking out against immigration and also stuff about criminal record um, which I can address in terms of immigration issues um, I was like oh okay well now it looks like maybe he is being targeted a little bit because he's speaking out now I don't know that for sure um, you know there's so is it racial profiling yes i do i do think that there's some level of racial profiling um going on here Uh, obviously i don't know if a white actor or a white musician from england who overstayed a visa would have been detained in the way 21 savage was detained and i want to assume um unfortunately because i know america well that they wouldn't have been um that said putting race aside just for a half a second and just addressing that legal aspect of it just because somebody had a criminal offense that was sealed a record that was expunged um that's all well and good when it comes to criminal law but that may not necessarily protect you from deportation um in the immigration context and Mm so in the immigration context um i can only speak generally every immigration system uh you know uh sorry emmy every case is different obviously if you're having an immigration issue you should go consult with an immigration attorney i am not an immigration attorney but as a lawyer i can speak generally and tell you that immigration looks at whether or not you've considered what's considered what the government considers a quote-unquote crime of moral turpitude. And sometimes, Mm -hmm. even if that case was dismissed or even, well, dismissed is a little different because you're innocent, but even if that case was expunged or sealed after the fact, that may not prevent you from being deported. And especially when you may not have enough grounds to seek um, what they call a stay from removal um, or to keep yourself here in the country. And when you're coming from a poor, impoverished country where you may be able to make the argument that it is dangerous for you to return when you're coming from England, you just don't really have that argument to be made. And so it's a lot more difficult if you've been convicted of a crime of moral turpitude and you're coming from a a first world country to be able to make an argument as to why you should stay here. Alyssa, thank you so much for that description and explanation. We do have to go on a quick break. When we come back, we'll we'll dig deeper into those numbers and like the reasons that folks are getting flagged to be apprehended.
apprehended and also deported. This is Let Your Voice Be Heard. What you think about my rap? Horrible. Um, I mean, good. Kanye West thank, should thank be you, dissed, sis. Thank you. That's another show. Oh, I'm sorry. I, I, I guess I expect more from you, Stanley. Oh, 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 Okay, beloved. We need that gunshot sound. Yeah, seriously. <laughs> we are back on Let Your Voice Be Heard on 90.3 FM WHC, are the voice of Harlem. If you are just tuning in, this is Stanley Fritz. I'm here with Cassell Martinez. I'm here with Selena Hill and, of course, the immaculate legal expert, Alyssa Fuchs. And I want you guys to know a couple of things. We do the show every single Sunday. It's available on FM, Podcast, SoundCloud, and Facebook Live, but we can't do it without your help. So please, if you want to give some coins, patreon.com slash beheardradio, become a monthly subscriber. If you don't care about giving us coins, but you want to say some stuff, if you want to call in, give us a call at 212-650-6903. You see how they catch me just Ooh. like that? That's how we work as a team. I want to also shout out somebody who just called and said, listen, 21 Savage is just a 2000 version of Slick Rick. That's right. Slick mm. Rick was convicted of a crime and also deported back to England back in the 80s. If you don't know who Slick Rick is, then go and hit your Googles because once upon a time, not long ago, I won't go much deeper, but it's a good flow. Anyways, guys. <laughs> I have a couple of important pieces of information for you before we throw it back to the panel. Alyssa was talking about how sometimes a criminal record or even a closed criminal record can influence the reason that ICE or immigration is coming after you to consider you for deportation. According to ICE's own study, they say that 98% of the people that they are apprehending for deportation have committed a crime. And they've committed a violent crime. But when you dig deeper into those stats, actually... That's not the case. Only one in five of them have actually committed a violent crime, and over 60% of them have not actually been charged with anything, or they were charged with a misdemeanor, so jaywalking. Or maybe they Jaywalking's a violation in New York. violation? Well, hey. So, like, thank you, Alyssa. Or public drinking. So it's nothing serious at all. And... As far as black immigrants, and we're talking about countries where you'll see people of color, but particularly black people, so Dominican Republic, Haiti, Jamaica, um, Honduras, Colombia, Brazil, those immigrants make up just 5.4% of all of the quote-unquote unauthorized population in the United States, but they make up over 10.6% of all deportations in the U.S. And black immigrants are two times more likely to be deported with a hearing even when they have not committed a serious violent crime or felony. So, despite ICE and immigration saying that they're not purposely going after these people or people from these countries, the numbers are not on their side. So, it looks like we're just sitting here in a situation that is not helpful to anybody in this space. So, now, now that we know the facts and Alyssa has given us the legal information, how have you seen it? And if you can give us personally, let, let us know. How have you seen U.S. immigration policies impact people of color, particularly from black countries in your own lives? Selena? I, I mean, I, I can't attest to anything personally, thank God. But I, I will say this, that the U.S. has deported twice as many Africans in 2017 than it, the year before. And some 50,000 Haitians were put at risk the same year that President Trump announced temporary protected status would be revoked. As we know, in October 2018, a judge, a federal judge temporarily blocked that plan. So I will say this, that again, when we talk about immigration as a humanitarian crisis here all the time, and we talk about the crisis at the U.S. border, but, you know, a lot of times, even we, we forget about the Africans who are being deported. We forget about the Jamaicans. We forget about the Haitians, Um, you, you know. Well, this is in particular affecting uh, people who identify as black. And, uh, you know, just to add to that, black immigrants make up six 
percent of the unauthorized uh, foreign-born population here in the U.S. Only six percent. But they account for eleven percent of the deportation cases. So Only they're 11%. being uh, right. So you know that's almost double. So they are being in particularly targeted for deportation. I mean, are you surprised that, uh, look, when you look at a country where racism has been so embedded within the criminal justice system, and uh, part of that is, you know, this theory of the new Jim Crow, which Michelle Alexander has written a book about, and we've talked about at length on this show um, on other episodes. And so you have a situation where black people are more likely to be arrested for crimes, especially crimes that they didn't commit. They're more likely to plead guilty to crimes that they did not commit because they can't afford counsel. They don't know what the evidence is against them. There's bail set against them which are all those criminal justice issues, discovery reform, bail reform, speedy trial reform that we've talked about multiple times. And so when you look at those numbers on the criminal justice side, then it's easy to see why, you know, black people are being deported at a higher rate. Why? Because they're being arrested, charged with crimes at a higher rate. They're pleading guilty to crimes they didn't commit at a higher rate. And therefore, they're being deported at a higher rate than other people. The number one group of people who are in this country illegally right now, for the most part, are people coming from Asian countries. Um, I don't have an exact number on that, but we'll get one and we'll post it. Um, and yet, if we look at the numbers, Asian people are not being deported at a high as, high as high a rate as black people. Why? Asian people are not arrested and charged with crimes at a higher rate as black people. What does that come back to? Comes back to racism and the way it impacts our criminal justice system. I just wanted to give one quick personal story because my sister was actually deported from this country back in 1994. Um, she was someone suffering from a drug addiction. Um, she was trying to get herself cleaned up, um, going, had gone to rehab, was back in school, and pretty much got a notice from ICE that they were going to be deporting her and kicking her out of the country. My dad didn't want her to have to go through that, so he sent her back to St. Martin. Then in 2003, she wanted to fly in to see my dad again and also for uh, us to meet her daughter, my niece, his granddaughter. And when she landed, she got apprehended by customs and they sent her back to St. Martin mm. over something that happened years ago. My father, who he currently, he was trying to um, up, like file for one of my sisters who lives in um, Dominica. And he found out that the immigration status that he's under no longer exists. So if he tries to do anything, they will deport him immediately, even though he has been in this country for over 40 years. So this is something that definitely hits hits home for me in a lot of ways. But like, like for real, for real, it hits home, hits home. Crystal, did you have a comment? Many thoughts. Um, I'm thinking about, Selena, how you just said uh, we have a tendency to forget that there's other racial groups that are attacked, aside from like Hispanics, Mexicans, that are attacked by the immigration system. And I think that's like our own accountability that we need to take onus on. Like you cannot allow mainstream media to keep painting the same narrative. Then you're going to keep eating the same type of news. That's on you. People don't want to hold themselves accountable to their lack of civic engagement with larger political issues. That's on you. These issues have been happening for years i think about the the reason why we have so much awareness on mexicans and their immigration and just the whole proceeding that's happening in 1942, there was a program, it was called the Bracero Program, and it was basically the series of laws and diplomatic agreements initiated in 1942 um, when the United States signed the Mexican Farm Labor Agreement with Mexico, which allowed for a lot of Mexicans to come into this country. After a while, those laws got out of control. They didn't know how to, oh, are you going back? Are you coming forth? You're 
here for labor. Mm -hmm. So that's something that's still being felt to this day. Absolutely. And let's not forget that a lot of the countries in which a lot of Mexican, Mexican-Americans, Chicanos stay in, it's territory that was once theirs. Yeah. Right. So like America has been invading these countries for years and nobody's getting into the deeper roots of what's happening. Why are they coming here? This caravan that happening? What gave you the impetus to all gather up and walk to this, you know, to the border? It's because of years of oppression and systematic negligence that their own countries are faced with because of deeper impact that United States has had on their own countries. Yeah, the you U.S. Know? has destabilized Haiti, Brazil, Colombia, totally. Honduras, Ecuador, DR, Puerto Rico. The list can go on and on and on. Guys, Africa. we are running short on time, so I want to make sure folks have a chance to get some closing statements. I want to start with you, Selena. Whoa. Okay. Well, you know. She's got the stats ready. I know. I'm like, <laughs> let me flip the page three. Um, yeah. I mean, I'll say this. Um, one thing, uh, you know, we didn't get a chance to really talk about was the State of the Union, which, again, uh, President Trump used as just a time to spew anti-immigrant propaganda and hate. And it just so happened that that happened just two days after 21 Savage was deported and President Trump praised ICE. Mm. And then he also pitted black and Latinx people against each other when he made references like, oh, uh, black people are losing jobs because of the Latinx immigrants that are coming here, which is just not true. So I I'll say this. Between that happening and 21 Savage, I think that this is a not so friendly but very stark reminder about what is happening uh, the issues out at the border they are, are unfolding all around us you can be in this country you can be living in a suburb in atlanta or or an impoverished community anywhere and if you happen to be black or brown in particular you're going to be targeted and i think that uh, 21 savages detainment also uh, is another catalyst or at least something, a uh, spotlight that talks to the plight of black immigrants and just how far uh, the government's racist and anti-immigrant agenda can reach and will continue to oppress these people. Yeah, I, I think that's all correct. And I think that it's also a strategy of divide and conquer. Um, I mean, Donald Trump's comments were no surprise. You could have assumed that he was going to say racist dog whistle things at the State of the Union, um, that he was going to repeat his calls for this wall that people have already said is ineffective and would not help anybody out. Um, and the really important thing is that this kind of strategy works. And it reminds me of this meme that I saw a little while back um, that I'm going to read to you now because I think this really sums up kind of where we're at. It says a banker, a worker and an asylum seeker are sitting at a table with 20 cookies. The banker takes 19 cookies and then warns the worker, watch out. The asylum seeker is going to take your cookie away. And that's what it comes down to by convincing poor people that other poor people that don't look like them are going to come steal their jobs. We are able to have a situation where people like Donald Trump, who are rich and his rich friends and the bankers and the corporate oligarchs that own this country are able to stay in power. Because if poor people and middle class people of all colors were able to get together and organize against these oligarchs, then mm. we would have enough power to overcome the amount of money that they have. But by keeping us divided along racial lines, they are able to keep the wealth in their pockets and we all can basically stay poor and eat cake. 
Mm. Yeah, Gustav? Well said. No, um, I think everything, you, you hit the nail on the donkey. They're pitting us against each other because if we're unified, we're more powerful. Yep. And we're the fools actually who fall for it, though, and try to have these divisive, not divisive conversations, but use divisive language to talk about these topics. He's working to our favor, and we're, like, appeasing it, like, yes, give me more. I'm with you. They're taking our jobs. It's like, for real? It has. If it has to satisfy you, that's the only way it can be done? No. Let's get together and like let's really start talking about this let's integrate within ourselves and stop having the segregationist mentality it's all rooted in oppression you know what i mean we're oppressed souls still trying to like do the good work but we have to be able to come together and sit with everyone at the table and however way that could look like and we got to stop like coming against each other that's corny we gotta like level up uh, donnell says this country is built on slavery and cheap labor and he's not wrong yeah Guys, I mean, it really isn't much left to say because everyone has said it all, but the fact is very simple. There is a war against black and brown people and poor people, and the only way that we can win this war is to understand that we have to stand together. And in order to stand together and fight in unison, we also have to understand the struggles that everyone is going through. And we are all suffering in America, some people in, in slightly different ways, some people in drastically different ways. But until we are ready to fight for everyone's lot and not just ourselves... We're going to keep on losing because Donald Trump and all the white men in power, they still control all the power centers. And we are just trying to, su to survive. And it's time for us to try and start winning. So we got to close it out. But I'll leave that to the Queen Selena Hill to take care of. Yeah, I just want to thank everyone who chimed in via Facebook Live, in particular at the caller that we had who called in the show. And you guys who are listening via podcast on Spotify, SoundCloud, and iHeart. Uh, we appreciate your support. And remember, if you support us by giving us a donation on Patreon.com, that's patreon.com slash radio. then we can continue to support the issues and the causes that you care about. On that note, we do have to say goodbye, but we will see you again next Sunday. Stanley, huh? don't forget to check out Boomerang on BET. Oh, doesn't it come on 10, 9 Central starting February 12th? Yes, it does on BET. This seems supernatural. <laughs>